Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo personality. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here and we got a wonderful group. We are doing another keyword, uh, I guess, discussion. We're actually looking at Terra and the obliteration keyword. So we got Dixon back on. Uh, Dixon's been chilling, chilling on his island for a while. And then we got two people that have been playing Outcast, uh, specifically Terra. And we have Jim and Liam. So I want to thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate you spending some time talking about this. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, Liam's from the future, so he's going to let us know what's going on uh, tomorrow. So, just so everybody knows. I always yeah. like talking to Australia and, uh, and New Zealand people, because I'm just like, man, speaking from the future, so you know it's the truth. It's mm-hmm. the perfect time to be playing Tara. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there's some definitely changes, especially with the errata that just came out uh, today. So we'll look at that, and uh, I think she fits pretty well in it, so we'll definitely have a fun discussion. Before we get into it, though, make sure you guys are checking us out on Twitter, Instagram, definitely on Discord. Uh, been ha- had a good chat today, man. There On the, the Rage Quit Wire Discord, we were just really talking about how we some feel-goods, but also some feel-bads about the errata. Uh, so definitely follow us on there, and if you want to support us directly, you can do that on patreon.com slash ragequitwire for as little as a dollar. And then finally, last thing I want to plug is I have a video going out. It'll be later tonight after this recording on uh, the Brewmaster 2 Moonshiner unpacking. Um, I think somebody on the Discord channel, when I was showed the screenshot of it, they were like, yeah, it's pretty much like jacking off for a turn and then just letting it go. So it's pretty ridiculous so it'll be it'll be fun to see what people think about that video when it drops finally uh subscribe though because we are getting close to the 500 mark and once we do that we're going to give away either title box or core box of your choice so make sure if you haven't subscribed to that channel yet go ahead and do that you can find the link in the description so before we get into this terror talk because obviously that's going to be kind of our main jam I want to go around real quick and I just want to get everybody's at least one thing that sticks out to you from the errata. Obviously, we're going to do an errata episode, but we're going to, just one thing that either pisses you off or one thing you're happy about. So, Dixon, let's start with you. What's one thing with the errata that either pissed you off or you're happy about? No buff to Killjoy. I was so mad. <laughs> so mad. Really? That was the one thing you were you were wanting? Man, I I said it before. I said it again. I'm all for buffing more than I am for nerfing. That's fair. So like, if you bring mm-hmm. up the like, I saw the old man, and I was super excited because I was like, oh my god, they might actually have done it. They might have buff Killjoy. And because the old man was like so bad, nobody ever took it for anything, no reason mm-hmm. whatsoever. And I think actually it's a pretty decent model for four points. I think he's a steal. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, mm-hmm. I was mad because nothing came 
nothing. <laughs> All right, Jim, what about you? Something that either pissed you off or you're happy about? So uh, um, just real quick, Molmen, justice for Molmen. Um, <laughs> anyone who's been listening to the other side, the other coast, the podcast out of LA knows that we've been really harping on Molmen being terrible. So we're just, I have heard Molmen talk on there before. We are so we we t- we feel personally responsible for weird fixing Molmen. <laughs> that might be wrong, but we're going to pretend it's right anyway. It's um, okay. We feel personally responsible for Wong getting buffed. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I'm not going to steal anyone else's thunder, but oh my God, Wong is really good now. Um, hey, Jim, but, that, that's okay because that's my, I mean, there's a lot of things to be sad about, but man, Wong's crew getting a buff and plus now mm-hmm. the swine curse got buffed. I'm super bummed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I guess the for- to the kin. We're a okay, well, no, so well, well, that's that's another talk. We're you get one thing, and <laughs> mine is I'm choosing to be positive for once. Okay, I'm I'm going to say my one thing. Rasputina. Now Raspy One has that role as a blaster that she always seemed like she should be. I, I'm real excited to bust out my painted December crew of, again for the first time in ever. Yeah, that that'll be cool because that crew is really cool to see on the table. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there will be uh, be some cool things going on, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Rasputina, because I want to give him props. I love the fact that now Rasputina has three models in her crew that actually make such a decent, awesome crew that you can add in other keyboard models and, and make it work. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, Liam, what about you? One thing you're pissed off or one thing you really enjoyed with the uh, Rata just dropping? It's a really small thing, but I really enjoyed the uh, ch- the making the destroy destructible terrain action actually have a name. <laughs> uh, make it so that you can get uh, Hoffman two pylons out of the way, and a big part of that is because I play a lot of Hamlin, so I like the mental image of a rat just sort of suplexing a giant pylon out of the way somehow. <laughs> Maybe they're chewing it and just kind of tearing it apart with their little claws. I don't and then know. rebuilding it one inch behind mm-hmm. them. Because yep. it, they just move it. And it... Sounds legit. Loyal hats I'm and construction of... hats. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of Wong launching those pylons into space way the hell out of the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes me happy. Alright, so, and for those of you, uh, obviously it just dropped today, uh, the podcast, we'll, we'll definitely have a chat about it on the next episode so you can look forward to that. Um, it's not, uh, let's just say as far as this podcast goes, I'm sure you'll hear more bitching about the explorers, but everybody knew that was coming. So that's Mm -hmm. not really a surprise. And they have some keywords that didn't get, you know, nerfed bad too bad, but we'll talk about that. Definitely, uh, moving down the line. So we're going to go ahead and get into Terra and the obliteration crew. And this crew is always, it's a really unique crew. It does a lot of things that you just don't see too much in the game. So, uh, Jim, I'm going to start with you. So when somebody asks you kind of what does Tara do, maybe you're at a tournament and they haven't played against her before, mm-hmm. what, what do you kind of tell them, like the general synopsis is of what Tara does? Yeah, I, I start by telling them Tara is a tempo crew. If you, if you know the terms from Magic Tempo decks, they're kind of like the premise is it controls the flow of the game. Terra's got tools that tell you that you, you can influence who goes first, you can influence who has last activation, and you have incredible board control because you have this whole berry mechanic that you lean into. You can pop up on one side of the board and then go to the complete other side without actually walking. So yeah. 
it's that control of the board state is what she does. Yeah, de definitely. I'd say that's probably a good, uh, good, quick description of her. Liam, what about you? What What is something maybe that you like about the crew that just you you don't see other places you don't get with other masters with Terra's crew? Uh, so as a rule, uh, our casts aren't usually that great at scheming, particularly since the Midnight Stalker got nerfed. Um, yep. Tara is without a doubt the best schemer we have in the faction and very possibly one of the like the best of the game. Um, so she's very unique uh, from a faction perspective in that sense. Um, and as mentioned, that ability where you're playing with half your models off the table at a time and <laughs> then <laughs> reappearing and dropping opponents' models off the table, it just leads to this very... Um, fluid sort of game state that can often utilize the entire board uh, again outcasts have feel like they have a lot of like center fight bubble crews um mm -hmm. and tara doesn't play remotely like that which is a lot of fun yeah i think it's definitely interesting because i've played against tara mostly i see her a lot in symbols and i usually drop zip into that matchup and you know a crew is mobile and fast when zip has a hard time kind of getting to where mm -hmm. it needs to go and and I think the biggest thing besides obviously what, what you both said is just the, I wouldn't, I mean, we're going to talk about the kidnapping thing and, you know, mm -hmm. later, but really when your stuff gets buried, you feel like you're in trouble. Like it's almost like you're, you're in those coffins, you know, and they're mm -hmm. just, they're ready to just murder the crap out of you. Like being buried is terrible, but it's even worse with, uh, with Tara's crew, I feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's crews that do it defensively. In like, it's it's funny whenever I've seen a game of somebody that has never played against Terra and they play Colette, and oh, then Colette buries mm -hmm. herself, and it's like, oh boy, oh the sweet summer made. child, you have no idea. <laughs> or like um, any Arcanist who brings Soulstone Miner, or yes. Yeah, so anything that buries just in general, like as soon as you see that somebody is dropping Terra, you just should probably be like, I need to not bring any of my buried stuff. I just need to play this straight up and try to make Terra bury me because most of, I mean, I'm not going to say most of her models, but at least most of the void stuff can target models while they're buried with attack actions, mm -hmm. which def definitely you don't want to do. That's why you probably won't see Calypso too much when somebody drops Terra. Yeah. Oh, it uh, happens. It happens a lot because a lot of people are not are not expecting it for some reason in their head in the same thing when when they play calypso into just in general outcast and all of a sudden there's a talos on the other side of the table and dr baby just dies mm -hmm. that talos buff was pretty yeah. slick i did like that um I, I'm, I'm gonna say i think there's a strong argument for talos in 33 as a hired package in outcasts yeah. if you're playing explorers i think you should be able to expect that even if someone declares a non-terror leader because those yep. two just play so well together. Yeah, and because basically it's like 33 bury and bur burying a model might not be because the bonus action is what usually buries stuff with with Terra's crew, right? It's what is this stutter no, time? No, it's it's the stutter time buries your friendlies, glimpse mm -hmm. the void. Buries That's what it is. Enemies. And it's a yep. it's a, a it's TM, a so it's not even mm -hmm. uh huh like it's not even like guaranteed to to bury. But good lord, oh my! But thirty three does bury the crap out of you. <laughs> yes, yes. Stat three versus size buries most things. Mm -hmm. Size attacks. I can attest, being a zip player, 
are really good. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets around a lot of that defensive crap you usually got to worry about. All right, so <laughs> what we'll do is we'll kind of get, we'll start with Terra 1, we'll go through some of the key pieces, and then we'll kind of just go into the uh, the new title, and I think we'll have some cool conversations with, with the whole lot of it. But let's start with Terra 1. So, man, Terra 1 is so hard to lock down. It has a lot of cool things going on. So, Liam, how do you like to use Terra 1 just by herself? What is she doing? What is she helping the crew do? Okay, so... I'm going to start with a bold statement and say I think Terra 1 is the best master in Outcasts. Um, bold move, guy. <laughs> that's spicy. So, uh, the, so she's got the single biggest thing on it. A lot, of the, a lot of the time when you see a master with a summoning action, which Tara has, um, that's usually like a focal point on their card. I don't actually think that's the case with Tara. That actually comes second to a... Uh, I think it's a drift in time, the ability on the front of her car, which lets her activate twice uh, every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives her five actions and two bonus actions every game round, so as good. well mm-hmm. as guaranteeing you the uh, last activation of every turn, unless your opponent you know, really manages to kill a lot of your models before they get to activate. So um, just by existing, Tara is giving you this phenomenal mobile scheme runner who is going to go... Either, either she or whatever model else in her crew you need to go last after the enemy is activated to get you points can just make sure you're going to have that last activation and get those points. Um, and then as backup, she can summon, which is fine. Um, her summons come in buried, so you do have to then do j- jump through a hoop or two to get them onto the table, but uh, she's pretty well equipped to do that. And uh, like nearly every other model in her crew, she can be buried uh, by friendly models using their stutter time bonus action, which is pretty much omnipresent across the crew. I think Talos is the only exception to all of these these things I'm saying. Um, He's the only one without stutter time, and he's the only one who can't be buried by stutter time. Um, So He's our special boy. Yes. I I think one of the craziest things on the card, though, is this stupid time slip ability. Oh, yes. I love time slip. That is my jam. It's not a bonus action. It's not once per turn. So you're, you could just literally hop around the board. Yeah, she, yeah she has a leap as a just action she can do. And unsuited if she has to. Yes. Yes, no suit required. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, even, even without her berry tricks, Tara can cross basically an entire table in a turn. But she also has the berry tricks, which, boy, adds up. <laughs> Yeah, and I, that's what I think. And I was looking at Terra as a crew, and I actually, looking at Terra 1, I think that she's a really good just first master. Like, there's a decent floor just because she can get so much work done. But then there's a super high ceiling because of all the berry shenanigans, right? So you can really take this crew a lot of different ways. So I think it's a good crew to build with because it's a pretty solid, like, hey, here's some cool berry stuff. I think the only thing people might get in trouble with when they first start this crew is all the fast you're handing out. I can see a new player handing fast out to the wrong models and then that model activates and gets an extra action. That's the biggest trap with her is giving out fast when an opponent has the chance to use it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what about you, Jim? What do you like about Terra 1 just as a master? Uh you know, we we've covered a lot of it. It's the fact that she has she breaks the math of the game. Uh, you know, not to get too into the weeds, but 
every mass every, every game's five turns every master gets three actions a turn so every master over the course of a game has 15 actions or so that they can do anything for the, to score points Terra has 25 <laughs> it's a little little That's a, a bit little bit more. of a big deal uh not giving pass tokens when she activates again is you know really strong when you have a crew that can print pass tokens like obliteration can yeah um and to the point of her being a good new new for new players when you look at the back of her card she only has four actions one of them is a bonus which she can only do once per activation and the other is a summon which she can only do once per turn so most of your stuff is either punch someone or time slip or general action. <laughs> yeah. so that's, there's not a lot of complexity as far as what you're doing with the bulk of your stuff. And since she has a suit, a non-suited leap and so many actions, she can do so much heavy lifting on schemes that that's what I like to use her for is, I mean, symbols is she's a great pick for symbols because she can do the strategy by herself. Definitely. Yeah. She can do it by herself and then also go do other things. It's, it's mm -hmm. pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I will ask this though, cause I, I, I haven't played her enough to know how much this comes into probably more with some crews than the others, but through the hole where basically she can <laughs> make it fail. How often does that come up in a game? Not very. Oh. Okay. Um, the, the thing is a, once, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say it acts as a deterrent. Most people will choose not, not to shoot her because mm -hmm. that option exists and then they can just force the attack yeah. to fail. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah, technically it happens a lot because I've had many, many games where like, oh, I can't shoot you and you're just outside of charge range. So I'm just going to go and do something else. So it's kind like, of one of those things where yeah. it's like it's good because it deters just that many right. actions oh, yeah. against her. Yeah, because a one of masks, I can just say, oh, you want to shoot me? Here's a one of masks. I just throw a stone. Your action fails. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. you really want to spend that action and waste your AP? I'm happy yep, with it's it. True. Yeah, yep. it's definitely, definitely true. So I can... I can see that. I mean, I guess I see the first thing, or I see that a lot with the first mate. Um, mm -hmm. I'll throw a ghillie suit on there so he can't be charged. Mm -hmm. So I guess yeah. you just don't realize how many times you're not attacked because of something like that that you have. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, it comes up even when you have no cards in hand. It's like, say you're playing, I'm pretty sure this has happened to somebody, but like, say you're playing against Seamus or Cooper, and you have no cards in hand, but you have like one soul stone. They may shoot you just so that you use the soul stone. Because mm -hmm. you can just say soul stone for a mask, your shot immediately fails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what about her totem, Karina? I mean, there's some definitely interesting things going on here. But I mean, probably the thing that sticks out to me the most is just channeled healing, just healing the stuff that gets hurt. Yeah, there's a lot of text on the front of Karina's card that there is. I don't think has ever come up in any of my games because she has so much that's like aura-based and she wants to stay... I play her staying back because channeled healing is a reliable way to unbury your summons mm -hmm. and to heal your, your relatively squishy beaters. And if she's doing that, she's not walking up and... I did else. notice that in the game on Saturday that I played that the crew hits pretty decent, but man, it doesn't take a doesn't take the punches very well coming back at it. Yeah, no. no. I mean, I, I, think... I literally hide her behind a wall and I yeah. use her for time warp and channel healing whenever necessary. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's, That's the only thing I use her for. And I and once again, I think that 
that's a good for new players to be like, you know, here's a simple thing this model's dealing like or mm -hmm. doing. And yeah, you have all this other stuff that when you get better with the crew might pop up once in a while. But I think having your crew focused and then having options that are just kind of nice, I think that's a that's good when you're playing a crew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a high floor, high ceiling sort of thing. Low floor, high ceiling, that's what they, yeah. they call it. Yeah, so she she's good, but I definitely think the best thing to do is just kind of keep her out of the way and heal stuff as it gets mm -hmm. buried. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time talking about her. Well, there is um, one thing I would like to know. All right, what's the one thing? So time warp is an extremely hard ability to actually use well. It lets her swap mm -hmm. her discard pile with her... Yeah, it is. Um, mm -hmm. This has two pretty huge implications. Um, one is that you kind of, if you've got the mental brain power for it, you can kind of keep track of where, when you flip uh, particular cards. And the big yep. ones to look for are usually like your jokers and your 11 and 12s of tomes, because that's what Tara will use to summon. Um, so if you can keep track of that, you can use time warp to get off uh, your summon actions with Tara without spending cards from hand and without um, uh, having to spend stones or any of the usual taxes that summoners uh, come with. Um, yeah. The other big one is it's jumping ahead a little bit to 33, but 33 <laughs> has the ability to search through your discard pile for cards and Karina lets you change what your discard pile is. So if you haven't seen the card that you want 33 to retrieve, you can have Karina go and put your deck in as your discard pile, and you know for certain the card's going to be there then when uh, 33 mm -hmm. goes. Yeah. I mean, apparently 33 can dig out the Black Joker too, That's which is exactly nice. Sure can. Can I ask you? <laughs> yes. That that counts as a zero, right? That's yep. That's yeah. My yeah. Wow. It's numerically a zero, and the action. So the trigger we're talking about is on thirty three's bonus year in a minute. I think it's I cannot remember the name of it's the trigger. It's suited. It's called yeah, backtrack. It's backtrack. You discard that's a card, right. and then you draw two cards that have a value of seven or less from your yep. discard pile. That's amazing. I didn't even think about that. Well, he wasn't there when I used to play her, but he right. is. Wow, that's really valuable. Yeah, but the funny thing is, and you do have to think about it, because I did it right. And granted, I only played one game with this, um, this combo of 33 and her. But I was like, boom, boom, boom. And I flipped the red joker. So I'm like, sweet, I'm going to activate Karina and I'm going to switch the piles. But then I realized that it doesn't shuffle. Mm -hmm. So now my red joker was on the bottom of this new pile Ooh. that I had. And I was just like, oh, my mind, like, uh, yeah, so that's you gotta engine. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Wait. Mm -hmm. Well, it does. I'm sorry. I just didn't realize. I never actually thought about that. I always shuffled. So you're, it, oh yeah. No. Right. no. No. Yeah. Specifically, you just switch them. Just boot. No. I literally that, always what... shuffle my deck, thinking that you needed to. What a cheater, Dixon. Jeez. No. That actually. No. 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 It's actually worse. It's like if you shuffle it, you don't know the order of the cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's, that's what it, I was saying about the stuff. It does action. make it better, though, in some instances. Like if you flip high cards and then you see the Joker, if right. you shuffle it, now it's kind of in the mix where if you just flip it over, now it's on the bottom. Yes. But if you do it right and, you know, you're not pulling yeah. P and you're like, OK, that high stuff's towards the top. Let's flip it. Hmm. That's the best way to use it. It looks I mean, I'll, I'll do things like uh, if I flip the uh, 11 of tomes and go, oh, that's. Uh, do a quick count in my discard pile and go. Okay, that's the eighth card down. Then when you enter, it, when you do activate Karina, you know. Okay, if I can get eight cards 
or seven cards off the deck, then the next one will need to be Tara's summon action. Um, your opponent can, you know, try and burn through those cards faster depending on what resources they have left, which is a big part of why um, Tara's tempo abilities that Jim mentioned are uh, pretty good for making yeah. sure that they actually don't have those options. No, um, yeah, and that's one of the... It's kind of interesting just because, man, some people are better at that than, than me, but man... I'm, I'm just, I'd look at that and just be like, ah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be the first to say I cannot remember the order of my discard pile for shit. <laughs> like, it, I, it, I only flip it to grab the Black Joker, and then I keep it out the rest of the game. I would say 33 makes that action really good because you can just pull cards out, mm -hmm. and it just makes it makes it more uh, reliable for a simple man like myself. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to like memorize the entire thing because, like, if you know, because I'm not gonna, <laughs> if you know that uh, Terra's gonna come in soon, or you have like the last two activations because yeah. you know the game has progressed. Oh yeah, to that's a point, that's a great, great example. Yeah. You can memorize uh, only three cards on the bottom because you can remember. You can always look at your discard pile. So you just look at your discard pile, look at the bottom three cards, and be like, okay, cool. Now I'm gonna use Karina. Karina, flip it. And then I already know exactly what's going to be flipping on the next three cards. And then you can just do a very powerful, you know, set of attacks after that. Yeah. And you're getting, you're probably getting pass tokens with uh, a, a couple of your models in the crew. So right. that's, you definitely have, you can set it up where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Now I know what's coming up and I have all the activations left. So that's actually a good point there, Jason. Yeah. Fleeting moments is like one of the things that I used to do a lot. Because the thing is, I used mm -hmm. Terra only for symbols back when I was playing Outcast. Because mm -hmm. she was the best. She was better than Zip. Because she was the the person going around grabbing whatever, you know, objectives I needed. Mm -hmm. uh, either grab a symbol or, you know, drop a scheme mark, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, fleeting moments would come up all the time. I'd be like, oh, yeah. stutter time, that model... Uh, fleeting moments, you activate take two damage, or you try to do something to me, I walk, you know, I teleport away. Like, she's really, really good. Yeah, I definitely like Terra One. She's she's definitely a lot of fun. Karina's a solid tone or a so, so, solid totem. There we go. Yeah. But, I, and I don't care what people say because, you know, people talking Malifaux all the time, they're like, well, it's Malifaux, you know, it's different for each pool and each, you know, matchup. But when you're playing Terra, what are some models that you're just like, if I'm playing Terra, I got to bring this model too. So for me, I hire every non-minion that is in her keyword. <laughs> and then I kind of call it a day. I summon the minion. Um, <laughs> the exception oh. is the uh, the Scion of the Void, who occasionally mm -hmm. gets replaced with a pair of Void Wretches if there are like hidden martyrs or catch and release in the scheme pool. Which, okay, uh, so j just for everybody that's listening, so that includes what? The Nothing Beast, Talos... 33, Ionis. 33, and Ionis, yeah. okay. All of those, 100% yeah. of the time. And the Scion, usually, <laughs> if I can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that fills out your stones pretty good, though. It yeah, does. That, that leaves you with a 9-stone Cache, which is a summoning master who doesn't really have any defensive abilities besides her aforementioned getting mm -hmm. shot through the whole thing. Um, that's about where you want to be anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. And Aeonis wants to spend a few too. Yeah. Because he really wants us because that <laughs> old man can go down. <laughs> he's, got, he's just hanging in the breeze. Otherwise, <laughs> um, I, I don't auto hire the entire named models. 
uh, my only real core at this point is 33 and the Nothing Beast. Because I think Nothing Beast just plays to my play style of having that two-inch engagement you can put wherever you want to yeah, tie up lock models. stuff down. Yeah. Aeonis is an often take. 33, uh, 33 is always because 33 is everything on that card is amazing. Super good. Uh, Scion is coming in for me in specific pools like uh, Hidden Martyrs, Vendetta, anything where the cost of a model matters. Because at six stones, Scion punches way above its weight class. And you don't really need it to do much other than a few punches while buried to accomplish two VP. Yeah, so basically you you bury something, pre- I mean, pretty low stone costing. And as soon as it's buried, I mean, Scion can put in some mm-hmm. decent work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my cores, is nothing beast in 33. Okay, so I think most people know that nothing beast i mean basically just your typical beater two inch reach incorporal mm-hmm. um has an interesting bonus to put out concealment randomly so that's something i it's, guess it exists i don't um, think i've ever used it <laughs> yeah i was gonna say most yeah. time don't you just want to stutter yeah you almost always want to stutter because it gives him positives to attack in the attack duel yeah. Because of time is meaningless, which all the void critters have on their card. Yeah, and something I really, I was really starting to get a better feel for um, as I kind of played that game on Saturday was stutter time is really good denial wise. Like, I, you notice your opponent starts kind of locking in on a model, and you're like, oh, he's trying to kill Terra. Go ahead and stutter time Terra. Now she's buried. Yep. And then you just end that whole plan that they had. Mm-hmm. And- so I, I like that. That's another thing Scion's good for, because Scion can arc through void minions. If you get someone like, oh, geez, they're going after Terra, I can just run a Void Wretch 10 inches up the board and then arc through it if I need to. Like, I miss a stutter time. I can arc through as a second attempt stutter time to barrier. Yeah, that's pretty good. Is that on on the Scion's card that he can arc through that? Yeah, it's... I forget what the name... I think it's like... The mark, mark of, of obliteration. obliteration, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Oh, and he has to suffer damage for that, though. Yeah, that's the that's why. Oh, for that's me, the attack. Uh, keeping. I actually have. Um, I've been finding that keeping the scion in the backfield, and just like focusing in and dropping scheme markers for like a prospector for the first few turns is actually a decent use for his actions, because um, then you can. Barry Scion, turn two, turn three, only take one or two pips of damage. Because if you're burying and trying to take actions every turn, you're going to easily kill yourself. Yeah, he's only got six boxes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the model that I think is, I don't know if you want to call it the boogeyman of the keyword right now, mm-hmm. but let's talk about 33 a little bit, which, I mean, to me, 33 is a little more gross when we talk about the the title, but still really good even without the title. Mm-hmm. So... Liam, looking at 33, what is this beast doing for you? How are you using it with Terra 1 to start off? Oh, boy. What does he not do? She not do that one. Um, so yeah, I read the fluff. It is a she. Yeah. It was interesting to see how yeah. apparently she was fighting with Lady J, and apparently that's how she ended up in the box. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who are Warhammer aware, it uh, it's like a radical Inquisitor and a Puritan Inquisitor got in a fight. And 33 is the one, radical. One ended up in the boo box. Yep. 
<laughs> All right, but Liam, how are you using her? All right, so for me, um, 33 is useful for... Um, oh, gosh, everything. It's literally everything on the card. But uh, so the big it's one good. It's really good. is 33 is one of only two models in the keyword that uh, buries an enemy model through an opposed duel rather than a simple duel. So you can actually mm -hmm. force a bury. Uh, that is with her pine box attack, which anyone who has ever seen a marshal in action will be pretty familiar with. And there is another model, Talos, who can do that. But unlike Talos, 33 can be buried, which makes her a lot easier to get into position, a lot more mobile in terms of how she threatens um, or what she can threaten with her uh, bury. The, that's, that's good because every model in the keyword can target a buried model with attack, so you've basically just yeah. gained range to whatever model you just buried and can uh, focus fire it. It almost feels like Tara turns into a gun line in a sense because uh, you now just have range to that model, no matter where your stuff is on the board. Everyone's Hans and suddenly sniping the uh, the target. Yeah, and it's not it's not only that, Liam, but it like I was saying earlier, it's a it resists against size and it's a stat mm -hmm. three size. I mean, that's a super good attack if you've never seen it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are probably two other serious, um, seriously big effects on thirty three's card. Uh, one is uh, two places at once, which is a 6-inch aura around 33, and when a model is placed mm -hmm. in that aura, 33 can then place it anywhere within two inches of its current position. That's big for Tara at, in terms of um, scheming potential, because a lot of her... Uh, oh, yeah. Because by, by she places. Well, she places with time slip, but almost more importantly, her stuff, when it unburies unburies base to base with an enemy model and unbury is a place effect so you triggers two places at once and you can actually therefore unbury not engaged by an enemy model man um, liam yep. you just blew my mind because i literally was thinking about that defensively i'm like oh yeah if stuff you know leaps or comes in you can push them or place them away but i'm like oh yeah like all her shit places yep <laughs> yep if you if you have a buried model and you need it to scheme you can give an enemy model fast unbury next to it and if 33 is nearby you just sort of immediately bounce out of that engagement range and can drop yeah. your scheme markers or do whatever mm -hmm. you need to do fun thing you can do just a quick interjection uh, hire, say, Rusty Alice out of keyword, drop a pit trap, unbury someone in a pit trap, place them with two places at once in the pit trap. You're just giving them two damage and injured two for the pleasure of coming back on the board. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small thing, but I also just wanted to note that 33 is slippery. That's yeah. mainly relevant. I mean, that's good defensively as a rule, generally. Um, but the fact that they can't be engaged unless an enemy models a base base with it plus the fact that 33 has that two places at once means that um, Tara is so fast that usually the way to stop her from scoring something like symbols is to put a uh, guard model on the uh, with two-inch melee so that she can't get base-to-base -base with the markup without uh, being engaged and therefore unable yeah. to interact. 33 is a really cheap and easy way around that because instead of having Tara go in and do the interact, you can stutter time the guard model and then unbury 33 on the guard model, bounce it, use two places at once so that you're no longer engaged, and then just interact, thanks to Slippery, um, to immediately get the point. Nice. But as we've been mentioning, there is one other really amazing thing on 33's card, which is that year in a minute, which is a uh, aura that forces the opponent to discard cards when they uh, get buried or gain slow, but more importantly has a built-in trigger 
for backtrack to go through the discard pile for those two cards of seven or less. Mm -hmm. uh, scalpeling out the Black Joker has been mentioned as a really good use for it, but the other incredible use for it is grabbing the Seven of Crows, which is a really important mm -hmm. card for Ionis when we get to him, mm -hmm. and just locks in a really valuable trigger for him. Um, so that is... Mm -hmm. But frankly, 33's got a couple of other great things on her card as well that are pretty dang useful. She's got a good gun, which the crew is largely lacking. And uh, yeah, that's that's. Dixon, my... I heard you gasping up there. Yeah, clutching your pearls. Well, my favorite thing about Ionius was fleeting moments, which we talked about earlier. And I don't want to ruin the moment. So, okay. well, I mean that's that's a perfect little segue there. I mean, so yeah. you want to kind of jump into Ionis there, uh, Dixon? I mean, the man just gave me uh, like a happy, happy, joy, joy moment. I. Because I was like, wait, Seven of Crows, why is that so familiar? So I went straight to Ionius, and I was like, that's yeah. exactly what Ionius needs for free. I mean, moments. let, let me ask is, you guys this, because I, I, obviously that's good, because then you get the pass tokens, right? But, right. but it can target it, friendly models to get the pass tokens. That's the reason why I love it. It used to be, didn't it used to be built in before Ionius got nerfed? It was built in, and it didn't have a TN. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It was pretty silly. Ah. <laughs> so you could there. just reliably print four pass tokens, summon two void wretches. Six. You could print six pass tokens. It's only. Yeah, it's two pass two, tokens. Two you per. Have, if I remember correct, I forgot how it was, but you give him fast, and then you attack a friendly model. I think it was it's uh, nothing. Very three times. You can it's hire very... Covetous Crazings model, or used to be able you to could. bring a uh, scavenger for it, for the burnout trigger as well. Oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Thank you, that's what it was. Yeah, you can. I have not done that because I have found that is takes a little more setup than it works for me, mm. but I'm sure it works. It can work for other folks because I've well, seen it in other keywords. This was like two and a half to three years ago. Whenever Yeah, I was going to say, that was probably one came out G yeah i was gonna say it was pretty early on G zero, G zero. Mm. yeah we're talking like like it was when, march 2020 so pre-pandemic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when we were when we were like beating the ever living crap out of each other in the middle of the table and that was like giving us points i don't know if you guys remember that meta but uh that was, mm -hmm. that was a good meta for me for Everett people farms like me. remembers yeah <laughs> but uh ionis was a beast because of that because i was like okay i have six pass tokens that i shouldn't have now you have to activate <laughs> and then mm -hmm. it would run out of the time and then you know you just jump on whoever was in the middle and and win that's the main reason why he got nerfed he got nerfed because that was not a very interactive way to play the game it's like i have six pass tokens to your nothing you know mm -hmm. how um how big is eventuality because in my mind it seems like doing damage per whatever round it is seems really good late game if you can get him there so does that happen often if he lives i'll use it <laughs> but my opponents are really good at killing him by turn three because as we've established uh he has decent stats but he has zero defensive abilities on the front of his card yeah um, he has soul stones and a prayer and and he's printing past <laughs> <a> prayer. <laughs> that's true sweet baby yeah. jesus i hope he survives I was going to say, I don't lose Ionis often, but I do primarily... Like, he's often touching a table edge. Um, like, mm, okay. he'll, he'll, he'll be running down a court side of the board, avoiding desperately anything that could threaten him. If anything looks in his direction, he's unburying chaff to to just push Slow it that way. Yeah. yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. 
I, I don't get a lot of use out of eventuality. It, it's fun when it comes up, but it's a pretty pretty rare action for me to use. Yeah, I do try and run him more centrally, just because I do like his ability to auto fast or slow a, a model when it gets buried, because that plays into stuff that Terra Two does. We'll touch on when we get to her. Okay. Um, yeah, and I was talking with you, Jim, on Discord. And you were saying, like, yeah, the front of his card, a lot of that's just not very useful. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, unfortunately a theme, at least is how I play the keyword, is there's a lot of things on the on the front of these cards that are like, when the opponent activates with fast. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want yeah. to let my opponent activate with fast. Yeah, I think if you're doing that, you, uh, I mean, that feels bad when it's like, hey, let me give you an extra action. It just, I, mm -hmm. hmm, that's not where you want to be, I think. No, uh, it it's rough. Okay, yeah, I, I like Aonis. I just I also like the model. The model's just cool with him hanging mm -hmm. off this kind of twisted clock, and I don't know this creepy old man in in his robes with a little hourglass. It's kind of creepy, kind of cool. So I dig it. Yeah, it's got that good uh, that Malifaux aesthetic. Um, I it will does. say, uh, Dixon, you touched on this. One of the big things I do early game with him is he does have a melee attack that hands out fast or slow. Yep, and you can charge and attack a buried model. So I'll usually bury like Nothing Beast turn one, charge Aeonis up, smack the Nothing Beast, give him fast. Mm -hmm. Because he's incorporeal, it's you know usually one damage in incorporeal. That's just reckless. Yep. Yeah, I've played my time in Bayou. Reckless is fine. Hell yeah, um, <laughs> and Nothing Beast is actually super tanky and heals back up the damage. Like because mm -hmm. you you're describing pretty much the, the same game plan that I had uh, with. Uh, uh, Ionius on on every other turn after the first. It was like, okay, I charged the Nothing Beast, but the Nothing Beast wasn't buried. I give it fast, I do eventuality, blah, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. I was so, so sad. I played against Jedza 2 with this crew, uh -huh. and Jedza 2 just made the Nothing Beast its bitch. It was pretty sad. Nothing Beast can go down. Um, I don't know if we want to transition to Nothing Beast. I, think we've right. I mean, I mean definitely. Beast. I mean, it, it's a beater. It's just, it's a yeah, good model. It, one of the things that actually we touched on with 33, but I want to bring up now is that there's a sub theme and obliteration about attacking your enemy's hand. Cause you've got terrifying on nothing beast, terrifying on Talos, terrifying on void hunters. Glimpse the void is a, is a simple duel and you're forcing discards with 33's aura. There are so many things in this crew that are like, hey, do a simple duel and maybe you have to cheat a card. You. Yeah. That can help the crew survive late turn, but early turn, if your opponent catches the nothing beast out, it can absolutely be one rounded by a lot of the beaters out there. Yeah, I think that's a that's definitely something that doesn't jump off the cards when you look at them. But yeah, I I can totally see that because there was Oh man, what was it? It was it was a turn three activation, and I think I went with Terra, and he was, and I was playing Terra too, which we'll get into. But mm -hmm. I was trying to attack Austera and Twiggy, and he was having to discard for certain things like um, take the hit and some other things, just to try mm -hmm. and prevent shenanigans. Um, but yeah, it, it, definitely a lot of stuff that can waste your card, especially if you don't hit one of those terror tests and you got to throw like a ten or something at it. Like that feels mm -hmm. bad. I, I will say, I do think it's sort of a balancing mechanic to an extent, because uh, the Tara crew has 
very little card draw. It's like a trigger on the Scion is like the only mm-hmm. only access. Yeah, I noticed to it. that too. Um, and you have a summoning master, so you're often if you, if you're not using your uh, time warp to get the the summon off, then you're usually pitching the best card in your hand to get a get your summon off. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. At some point in the turn, it's often likely that you'll need to land a really critical stud of time, so you'll often earmark a really good card just to make sure that happens. Just to guarantee it, yep. And then you have TNs out the wazoo. Like, every time Tara time slips, and she can do that four times in a turn, you need, you're need you looking for sixes. Karina needs sevens <laughs> to get her summons off. Oh, sorry, summons. Heals. Her heals, uh, yeah. Ionis need wants that seven to get eventuality, not eventuality, uh, seven timeline off to unbury your models. Uh, every model with uh, stutter time needs to be hitting at least a five in order to mm-hmm. bury friendly models. So there is a lot of pressure on Tyra's cat. I, I will, I'll go whole turn. You're just gonna have to down. do some like heart of the cards moments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 do, I, I often um, have this attitude with Tara. If if, I, if an attack hits. It's because I flipped flipped better than my opponent and will have nothing to do with my ability to cheat because nearly yeah. every card mm-hmm. in hand is reserved for something I'm trying to do that has nothing to do with my opponent. So the fact that you can burn out the opponent's hand just is mostly there, in my view, just to put them on the same level of everyone's just top decking <laughs> their decks and seeing what happens. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. that actually, Pete, that speaks real good to the point you made at the beginning that this is a good starter crew. Because that teaches you hand management really well. It does. Hell, yeah. I've been playing this. I've been playing Malifaux now for a few years, well, two years, whatever, and I'm still not good at hand management. So there's sometimes <laughs> where I'm just like, you know, I, it's just I get this itch where it's like I really don't want, and it's almost like I don't know if it's spiteful, but there's sometimes where it's like, oh, you're not doing that, and then all of a sudden I'm like, mm-hmm. oh crap, where'd that card go that I had saved for? Oh, I used oh, to I've. The number of times I've been like, uh, I have this card for this leap. I will hold this card for this leap. Oh, you attack me? Oh, cheat this, I dodge it. Okay, time for me to leap. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I think before we get it, because there's two more things I want to talk about before we get into the title, but mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to get y'all's opinion on Talos just to see, because in my mind with the new changes, I like it a lot because you can just kind of plant him maybe in the middle, maybe somewhere on, you know, some kind of objective and just he's hitting stuff that's buried and he's just deterring you from coming near him. Talos is so good. Dude. He is absolutely worth his stones now. And that model is disgustingly awesome. It, it is it gorgeous. Is. But like the, the most funny thing that I found with playing Talos is I played the crap out of him because I love robots is <laughs> uh, Von Chill. Von Chill has a lot of support for constructs. Like, an engineer with Talos is hilarious because Talos is mm-hmm. an ungodly hard-hitting monster and an engineer just keeps him alive and draws cards because of it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, his, yeah, his attack is so stupid good. I, I mean, he's a three, a min three beater at stat six. What more could you want? Exactly. Um, that you also I, get to bury people, set them on fire, and then keep beating them, and the other people can't defend themselves. Burn them till they're dead, man. And yes. and there's a special sy- synergy here with 33 in that the bury effect, or when when Talos activates, enemy buried models catch on fire because of <laughs> course they do, and Talos can give them more burning while they're buried, and he treats burning on enemies that are buried like a diet form of injured. <laughs> so they reduce their dual totals 
by half of their burning to like plus two reduction. Max of minus two, yeah. And if you look at 33's bury on Pine Box, that requires a willpower duel of 13 to unbury. I think it's 13. That um, seems, yeah, uh, yeah that's pretty, pretty So good. get some burning on them. Now they have to pass a willpower 15 duel to unbury. Now you're asking for a 10 out of their hand. What's that about a hand attack we were talking about? I and, like it. I, I dig it. And then when you're attacking this model with your entire crew while they're buried, they're effectively injured too. So all of your models that are, you know, getting positives because they're fast, plus two stack because they're injured too, it can get nasty. The burning does plus one damage at the end of the turn as well. So if they're, um, like, if it cheap models you or anything get with that armor or damage reduction, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, pretty makes finishing them off pretty efficient particularly because this card is uh stacked with these leeching strength crow tri triggers um which mm -hmm. just keep pipping buried models for damage uh every time one comes up it's very useful yeah and he's got armor too yep. and he's the mm -hmm. only model in the keyword that has armor everything else is in corp or nothing yeah so like does your opponent bring dedicated anti-armor tech and you just not bring him well, and I, I think when you're thinking about going against this keyword, you don't think armor, and then when mm -hmm. you see Talos, you're like, "Oh fuck, man!" Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a there's actually a, a significant number of like synergies that come into Talos that are hilarious. Because like, if you're playing against somebody that also attacks from buried, say, you know, I don't know, uh, Dreamer has the stupid ghost attack from buried, right? Mm -hmm. He actually has terrifying that if those people get on fire that could be terrifying 13 and mm -hmm. they don't have the stats sometimes to go, like that's an eight out of their hand every single time they attack him mm -hmm. like it's stupid there's yeah. a lot of little synergies that just come up yeah just weirdly yeah I, I mean you guys are beginning to get into why i start every tara game by hiring every single one of these uh um game <laughs> models because yeah. they all just interlock in this really satisfying way um, I will say, just it is quite hard to get for Talos to actually get the burning above one or two. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, that that just, even just that one really helps because, as mentioned, Tyra's is pretty strapped for cards, so getting every bonus to hit you can is a big component in actually getting enemy models off the table. Yeah, and before we get into the uh, the title, the last thing I do want to talk about with Terra One is looking mostly at these void creatures. So you do have a summon with Terra. So I was just trying to get y'all's opinion on, okay, so what are you looking to summon with Terra? What are kind of like your top priorities? Are you going for the wretches? Are you going for the, uh, what are they, the hunters? Mm -hmm. So uh, let's start with you, Jim. What what are you looking to hire, or not hire, but um, summon early with Terra 1? Terra 1, I try and just summon the hunters. For me, the Hunters do everything I want to do. They're 40 mil base that can tie up. Because I do a lot of throwing large base models at my opponent to slow them down while Terra runs. So like that kind of interference while I run around to score points. Yeah, uh, Hunters survive, take up more space. They're move six, and they have a lot of cute bonuses to their attacks that make them hit harder than your opponent can think. Like they can go up to min three, they can get up to double positives to hit. Like 
it's a lot of stuff in a, in a efficient package to me. <laughs> I, I do like how that model with the void hunter with the void strike, like really it's built in like Pete style playing Malifo where it's like, Hey, you blew your hand. You want to know what this creature likes, you know, flipping extra cards when you don't have mm -hmm. any. So yeah, that's cute. So that's my priority is, is to summon the three hunters, um, wretches. If, it's like a spread them out pool or one where I need or like outflank. And I want to be the mad lad who goes for outflank. I'll summon how are, two wretches. How are wretches not insignificant? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am extremely glad they aren't because when we get to. Why do you hate on wretches, bro? When they oh, Liam, why, move, why bro? are you? Well, because they're these little four legged mouthpieces. I, I don't know. But Liam. Why do you appreciate them not being insignificant? What the hell do you do with these little things? Hey, so this isn't summoning. This is hiring. But there are three schemes in the game which Tara is mm -hmm. the best master in the game at. And they are Vendetta, okay. Hidden Martyrs, and Catch and Release. And Agreed. the reason for that is you can... Um, for Vendetta, you have the Scion who can just pip something without being on the table, get his Vendetta point, and then not appear until everything is activated on turn five, and then just unbury and score the second point the other two <laughs> the other two wretches at cost four mean that i think anyone bar ionis could possibly be a hidden martyrs model uh combined with the wretch um so suddenly your opponent has to second guess attacking stuff um and when they inevitably kill whichever model you pick um because it's hard to pass up killing the nothing beast or 33 like it's true. If you're gonna want mm. to, <laughs> um, then the void wretch stays buried again until the end of turn five. At which point, it unburies next to an enemy model and scores you that second point. Um, and the third one, catch and release. Again, you buried at turn one. Your opponent never gets a chance to attack it. On turn two, you uh, farm some pass tokens with Ionis, out activate your opponent, unbury it as your last activation, then use the remaining pass tokens to win initiative on the following turn and just bury the Void Wretch, treat it like a pass token until turn five. And yeah, that's another two-point scheme that she can just trivially do with a hired Void Wretch. Yeah, with, the, with those schemes, it kind of seems like a little mm -hmm. bit of cheating there, Liam, it, not going to lie. It's pretty uh, <laughs> uninteractive for an opponent, I got to admit. The, uh... So if you see, if you see that in that pool and they drop Terra One, I mean, that's tough to prevent just because of the pass tokens and everything. Yep, it is. Yep, you got to make killing Ionis and absolute uh, killing Ionis and Tara like the biggest priority you can. Well, yeah, and, and that's another thing. It's not even just the pass tokens. You also have to deal with Terra twice. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. God, so, yeah, the member right, berries. So the member berries are hitting me so hard just listening to you. I, I I'm missing my outcasts. Why are you doing this to me? Jones in. He's Jones in. <laughs> it's now. really impressive just how easily she can do it. Uh, there, if those schemes aren't in the pool, I do still rate for uh, a double wretch summon as, over a void hunter for uh, one main reason. Um, that's mostly because remember how I was saying you don't usually have cards to make your attacks work. The uh, solution to my mind is that void wretches making four attacks does more than a. Uh, Void Hunter making two because they still four have, is bigger than two. They 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 <laughs> still they have stutter time at the same stat as the Void Hunter, and you so you get mm -hmm. two bonus actions to stutter time with, which gives you a bit more flexibility. And they have okay. glimpse the Void built in on their melee attack, so they can force mm -hmm. your opponent to make a lot of glimpse checks. Um, and because they get summoned buried, they don't really suffer from probably the biggest issue of a low cost model, which is getting killed before they activate. 
because that's, they that's don't true. they don't even on the table until you activate them. Is that is that the only um, caveat to their summon? Is they're just buried? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They don't come that's in stunned good. or slow or mm -hmm. anything. They're just not on the table. Yeah, because so, a lot of crews when they summon stuff, they have to work around a negative. And if your negative is being buried, that's kind of where you want to be anyways. Yeah. Uh, it it can create a, tr a bit of a logjam if you're uh, not careful. Uh, you can end up with mm -hmm. like more models buried than you have stutter times to get them out. And uh, sometimes you waste activations as a result. But yeah, look, I, I, I really love Void Wretches. They're, um... So, and let, let me ask you guys this because I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a bury person yet, but if there's not a fast enemy model, can't you unbury in your deployment zone? Uh, no. Is that a thing? No, you need an L, like you need a um, something to allow you to un make an unbury attempt before you okay. can check to see whether or not something's stopping you. So I've had games where like an opponent's hired in something like a gravity well model to make my unburies more awkward. That's the case where you can end the fast on the model, but then you don't unbury next to them. You unbury in your deployment zone. Because okay, we, so something still has to trigger the unbury, though. Yeah, right. To be fair, though, sometimes that's actually really good because <laughs> you don't want to, right? Well, you, mm -hmm. you, you, it like on a standard deployment game, uh, being able to unbury on your deployment zone gives you an entire table length to play with in terms of figuring out where you want yep. your model to be. And on um, mm -hmm. some pools, like if there's your opponent's going for breakthrough or break the line as the strategy, or there's some other reason for them to have to have models near your deployment zone. That confluence of stuff can uh, can actually make their gravity well turn against them a bit. You start popping up in places that you wouldn't have ordinarily been able to get to, and just shutting off schemes and strategies. Yeah, it's interesting. So, looking at this new title, so we have Terra Timeless. Now, where we were saying that this Terra One's a pretty good crew to start out with. I do feel like Terra Timeless is a little more complicated, so there's a lot of little bells and whistles going on here, and it's not necessarily as direct. So let's kind of just start with you, Jim. What What is Terra 2 trying to do with her Timeless uh, title? I think that they're... So A, I am still unlocking all the things she can do with Timeless. Yeah, there's, it, right there's a lot going on. That. Uh, but I think that there are two real modes of play that I default to. The first is enabling the 33 kidnap strat, which I think we'll talk about here in a second because it's a great yep. time to go into it. And the other is she is really good at creating a zone within like eight or six inches of her that you just control where models are. And she really leans into, I lean into rewind. I think rewind is where the, where the real juice on her card is because echo markers are so flexible when you take into account things like two places at once on 33 um, and all the schemes that require markers or models yeah. being in certain positions to score um you can really dictate that on a board by just throwing the right rewind at the right time and it has a built-in trigger to heal too and we were talking about how squishy her models can be uh throwing a two heal on an incorp model can be the difference to really bring them into um hard to kill range but not like hard to kill the ability but just like yeah, and I think Rewind is definitely something that is a big focus point of her card because 
it drops the echo marker and then any time and this is any activation it doesn't have to be that model's activation so you attach the rewind marker to a model essentially and then at any point during the turn you can go end of this activation move it back to base contact with the rewind marker and then you have to either remove it or take a damage mm -hmm. um and that can be used against your opponent too so if they have claim mm -hmm. jump if they have you know uh anything else that requires position to score you know a strat or scheme point that's going to be pretty big just to be like oh hey look i have all these pass tokens oh you're done activating okay that's probably claim jump go over there i mean that's pretty good yeah like um it has this trigger alternate timeline where you drop the echo marker so good four inches away from where the model is and you know oh i want to set up detonate charges i'll just put the marker within range of two scheme markers boop, put you over yes. there um yeah, it is important to note that the enemy is the model placed is the one that chooses to take a damage or remove the echo marker yeah so deathbeds it's tricky because if you try and get the deathbeds off that echo marker the enemy can just remove it but it yeah, also and they're they're not destructible though right they're not but they the effect of the action can remove it yeah um but uh, one minor thing that I only just recently realized, the damage that you take to keep the echo marker around is coming from the attack action rewind. So your in-court models can keep the echo marker there and take zero damage. Huh. Because it's damage from an attack that gets reduced by one to a minimum of zero. Yeah, that's kind of slick. Yeah, yeah, that plus the um, burnout trigger on the same action uh, mm -hmm. gets reduced to one for the same reason. So it could be a really really efficient action um oh yeah it's just reckless right yeah, <laughs> yeah back to just being reckless so what about you liam uh when you look at when so I, if you don't have that many games yet with her i don't know how many do you have roughly so far i've played her twice um i don't love her um she's sort of like the uh uh she, she's basically missing the stuff from tara one that i really adore that you love uh, yeah so mm -hmm. <laughs> um i do enjoy rewind but i do think the um the, this kidnap that's been hanging over this conversation like a specter is kind of problematic and uh well, I'm not well sure Liam, I, like I it. mean <laughs> since it's it's the old man creeping around the corner why don't you go ahead and break it down for us what is this kidnap strategy that will definitely make people pull their hair out the first time they see it yeah so the trick is when you hire her and 33 together um and basically it can be as simple and easy as uh tara activates she hits uh, 33 with a rewind, then she buries 33 with a stutter time, uh, then she walks forward and she uses Expedite, which uh, is a tactical action she has that is essentially an obey that can target buried models, um, only friendly obliteration models, uh, and it unburies them anywhere within 10 inches, uh, sorry, anywhere within six inches and lets them immediately make a uh, general action or a melee attack. So that could be a charge. Um, now, yep. with zero other setup, that is usually enough to go from send 33 from one deployment zone to the other, um, mm -hmm. thanks to things like two places at once, letting you eke out a little bit of extra distance on the expedite on Barry. Uh, and, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, 33 wait, makes wait, wait, their pine box attack off the charge. Say that Dixon again. Has a Dixon has a question. No, no, no. <laughs> Say that again. Please repeat. What? Okay. Say that again. So, the first first thing you do is you hit rewind on uh, on your um, 
33. That place is Correct. an echo marker base to base with 33, which will be in your deploy deployment zone. This is going to be the very first activation of the game. Um, then you use Stutter Time on 33 to bury 33. Then Tara takes a 6-inch walk. She uses Expedite, so she unburies 33 within 6 inches of herself. Uh, unburies are place effects, so two places at once kicks in, and that means that uh, you get another 2-inch place with uh, 33 before resolving the action generated by Expedite. And then Expedite kicks in. You get to make a charge action with uh, 33. And he's moved six. And he's moved, she's moved six. So uh, Sorry, she. she speeds off um, all up. I think the, di the distance is in the 20s of inches. So on any deployment. If I may. Yep. Uh, I just, I, I broke down the math. Uh-huh. Um, so you give if you to maximize it if you give Terra servant of dark powers and let's say for poops and giggles you took a hodgepodge emissary for move along trigger for move along for plus one movement um, actually no that doesn't work uh, just uh, regular so Terra gets a six inch herald move mm -hmm. you do the rewind on 33 bury 33 take a six inch walk that's 12 inches you Unbury with expedite. That's another six inches, so it's eighteen inches plus a forty mil base, which is what one and a half inches. Yes. So you're nineteen and a half inches away, and two places at once. Then you do two places at once, and you add in the two inches plus another base for thirty three because you do one edge of the base sure. to the other edge of the base, and then you get the six inch charge off of thirty threes. You know, move six. So how many it's inches 20, are we talking here? Twenty three inches. Oh, is that it? <laughs> that's, that's three inches into the opponent's deployment zone. Yep. Yeah. Usually. Um, so that that and thirty three then makes the pine box attack, buries the enemy mm -hmm. model, and then at the end of the activation, rewinds back to your deployment zone. So when they if if you ever let them break, we'll get to a thing that makes this even more obnoxious. But if you they ever manage to break out of the pine box, they are in your deployment zone, surrounded by your models. So you can grab the opponent's master off the table, start of turn two, and now they're oh, sorry, start of turn one, before anything else is activated. <laughs> and... So they're not even unburying like with the normal, you know, unbury from Terra thing. Since it's a pine box, it it unburies next to him. Correct. Or sorry. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Yep. Oh. So, well, it's not only that it next to her, it embarrasses against everything Terra owns except Terra. Terra is like 12 inches up the board. The enemy master mm -hmm. is literally right next to the remaining six, seven models of Terra's crew that have not activated yet, including Terry 3. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. no, 33 I, has slowed. So Who I don't know about y'all. So obviously I played this and I talked to Jim about this, this whole mm -hmm. combo. But if I was in a tournament and didn't know about this combo, I would flip my shit. <laughs> it, it, it's so ridiculous. I mm -hmm. I dislike it on principle. Yeah, I think it's a pretty... I, like, I don't... I think it's too... Uh, I haven't played enough games to remotely be able to say, you know, with this is broken and, sh and should be stopped for uh, balance reasons. I just think it's unpleasant enough from a play experience that it's probably something we should remove from the game just on that principle well, but um the problem with it is that there's very little you're not threat you're like you're not threatened a lot after you do the thing it would be different if you were mm -hmm. then in the enemy's deployment zone but because of rewind and there's no range to it it's like okay now you're just all the way back here yeah 
Uh, Tara, Tara might be a little bit exposed, but she. The yeah, worst thing is the, defensively, there there's only like four masters, maybe less, in the entire game that have a height of four, mm-hmm. and that's the only defense against this entire combo. It's like uh, oh. oh, there's some other things: gravity, well, combat, it, finesse, um, all help. But extended reach, take the hit, uh, disguised. Um, oh, and right. and. One thing that I think a lot gets lost in this conversation often is that Pinebox is a zero-inch engage melee action, right. and thirty-three has a forty mil base. It may it might muck up your deployment a bit, but if you just put two thirty mil dorks in front of your important pieces, there's yeah, no way do. thirty-three can actually physically get to the target model. That yeah, you're I, thinking I, as long as it's only standard deployment. If you are playing. Um, you know, it, the other two that are not corner, then yeah, he can, she can. She she will definitely touch something important. And here's where I get to the unpopular opinion I have on how mm-hmm. to say, solve this. Start playing in your metas with more boxes because you can't charge onto an elevated surface. Yeah. If you put your important pieces on top of a height one box... Hmm. 33 and away from the edge 33 cannot charge that well that's fair that is what my meta has been doing i I think just the fact that there are those hoops you have to jump through is probably indicative of the fact that's a bit problematic uh (laughs) oh yeah no (laughs) jim's trying to defend it yeah Yeah. i'm not trying to defend it i'm just trying to say this is what it is yeah Mm -hmm. how do we deal with the world as it is not how it should be yeah. Um, and I, I think yep. that something else that I was thinking about as I was kind of combating this, I think that you can also, because I think 33 wants to kidnap a model, preferably that's already activated um, in, in certain turns, maybe. There, there is a thing we haven't actually addressed yet. Uh, that is still on, uh, that makes this whole combination a little bit more obnoxious. And that is lost in the moment on the front of Tower 2's card. Uh, which is when an enemy model who within six inches or buried would activate Tara can take a damage and end a condition on that enemy model to instead have the opposing player pass that activation. Um, as you know, it, I heard Pandora one's pretty annoying. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so pine box gives someone a condition. It gives them distracted. So as long as you're mm-hmm. and every single model in Tara's crew has stutter time or else they're Talos and they just set the opponent's light when they activate. So every model in this crew mm-hmm. can give conditions that uh, allow Tara to continue delaying that buried model's activation until it's dead. Yeah, and... I was going to say, because you could activate Talos, now you're on fire, you try to activate again, you get rid of the fire, swing... I mean, by the time you get done swinging with... Talos, and you get done swinging with like the nothing beast. That model's probably dead. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, you can, you can, can put be, a lot yeah. of hurt into it. Like you can also bring this scion, have it be buried, um, throwing out more min three attacks. Um, it's that it's, force it's, discards. That force discards. Yep. Um, there's so, I, so Jim doesn't have a lot of friends. It sounds like I, it, I I am acknowledged for being a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, look, th- th- this yeah. I, I'm I'm totally okay as the person who you know plays Tara one and takes catch and release and vendetta as my schemes and just have immediately four points locked in that my opponent can basically do nothing else, n- nothing about, and I feel bad playing Tara two. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do want to 
to chime in real quick though in that lost in the moment does burn your activation control yes which is something that is a a huge cost for the crew because you don't get that double activation out of terra with terra 2 yeah absolutely so that is the balancing factor to it if you and it also does damage to terra so if you drop her to half wounds trying to beat this model down and it's like a a dashel that has a lead lined coat you know hey you probably don't go for dash with lead lined coat but why the point uh because he can be pretty tanky to your hits then he pops out and i don't know if you've played against dashel 2 yet no I but have. it's a treat <laughs> i was no no i was just thinking it's like because like, exciting everybody every i mean i understand that there are some masters that are hard to kill Dashel mm-hmm. 2 being one of them yes but um I mean, it's four beaters, beat you know, going ham on Dashel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I, I don't think Dashel two getting an activation in your deployment zone just seems like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and, and that's the point is you you don't have to go for the master. It just whatever is like a key model that you need to try and oh, yeah. move. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've used this to scalp out riders turn one before they get fate tokens. Oh my god! And that's like that's like right at the edge of what can be done. But I mean, one thing that's disgusting because yeah. they're they're eleven plus point models, and they don't get to do anything. That's so gross. Feel bad. They get to flip cards. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all of these downsides to the trick are yeah, they absolutely exist, and they're a big factor in why I don't think Tara Two is the best master in our cast. I think Tara One is. Um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, just not a lot of that's fun. fair <laughs> that's fair that's why i try and lean into like into rewind position tricks because while yep. the kidnap is a very obvious very strong play she does have more to her and i think playing to that is going to help you be a better terra obliteration player mm. yeah i think i think what you were saying is it's probably good to pick out that really problematic model that's going to cause you problems and kidnap that and kill that, but then use rewind turn two. I mean, turn two is when you're going to start scoring points anyways. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and, you know, start using rewind for all your positioning, denying them and kind of do normal obliteration, you know, sh- shenanigans. Yeah. Like I think Terra two is more of a, a turf war or corrupted ley lines kind of master where you're going to have a center scrum. And it, you want to play obliteration in that center scrum style fight. Um, I still think you take Terra One in spread or symbols and like break the lines sort of pools. I actually lean Terra One on um, ley lines, and that's primarily <laughs> because uh, like it's not like she can't hire thirty three. So you still have the ability to bury the enemy lodestone bearer just to fling the lodestone mm-hmm. away from the point. But also, she has she can't time slip while she's carrying a lodestone, but she can just take five walk actions and lock in a point for you. Uh, Tara 2 um, doesn't really have... like A lot of the rewind shenanigans stop working once lodestones get involved, and while you can yeah. make your own models fast and just manually run them, I don't think she has a, uh, a runner that competes with the stuff that um, uh, Tara 1 can do. But, well, a fast Void Hunter goes 18 inches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
Tara goes 25, so... We've <laughs> <laughs> established 25 is bigger than 18. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about how it, boys, like, down. <laughs> it, it dies, you know, it's diminishing returns past a certain point. But <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, I really Also, can we, can we talk about real quick just how stupid I think this Terra 2 model is going to be? Uh, I don't know it, what they're doing. I, yeah, it... <laughs> It's gonna if, be they, weird. if they have it if they have this one chunk of model that's like connected or something stupid um yeah it's it just I, I think it's gonna be a I, stupid looking model i'm really hoping they're going for um transparent on uh tra- transparent plastic for the the weird echo effects and yeah uh, we'll see we'll see I, I my money's on it's just the first one and that the transparent effects are going to be only on the art Okay. Hopefully. It's just going to be her running with her hand up. Yeah, she, she's kind of like this a weird, very, you know, million dollar man. Pose. She looks like she's out for a jog. All right. So, last thing we have here, and thanks for sharing with that title. I think it's definitely interesting. I so before we get into, we did have a couple questions. I think Dixon got some on Facebook, and I got a couple on the on the Discord, but. Before we get into that, I do want to say, especially with Terra 2 and hell, even Terra 1, it is important for you to have this, you know, going back to like a magic term, having this, you know, conversation at, you know, you know, the fun level zero. Okay. Mm -hmm. What does your crew do? Make sure if you're playing the timeless Terra, be like, listen, I can steal your stuff. I mean, I might do it. I might not. It depends on how things look, but. And maybe just quickly break it down just so they know what's what's going to happen later to them. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Even Terra 1. I mean, when you see Terra 1 for the first time, you're like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. You, you see someone pick a assassinate against her because she's, you know, she doesn't really have a lot oh, of defenses. Geez. And they go for her and she gets down to about half health, gets buried. Karina heals her up. And then when she reappears, she's on the wrong side of the table for their beaters to get to. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot. All right, so let's go ahead and get into these questions, Dixon. So I'm going to let you kind of pick off one of the uh, one of the Facebook questions first. Okay. I was just going to go in order because like they're, they're kind of fast. Ooh. For example, first one, Miles Watson. He wants to know if you guys think that Obliteration is the nicest tyrant because it seems to have a very good relationship with Terra. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Obliteration is just chilling. They're just hanging out, eating fried chicken. It's it's a it's a beautiful relationship. It's not like Tara's been even up to anything devious in the story lately. She's just been like she's been hanging <laughs> no, out with she... a bunch of mercenaries, helping them against Hamlin. Like yeah, she like saved a... Freehold. <laughs> she's a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, she is. is like she... this is the awesome thing about her. It's like she doesn't look like a good guy, but she is a good guy. Cthulhu yeah. <laughs> is here to bias. help us. It's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, question number two. Jan Duranchel, I guess my main question is how difficult is she to play and is she a negative play experience for my opponent? Uh, so we've covered how difficult she is to play. Um, pretty decent for a starter crew and negative play experience like we talked about. Hmm. Have that conversation with your opponents first. Yeah. Negative play experience is as much what the models can do as it is your attitude and approach to the game as the player. I was going to say, I think we can all agree here that most, I mean, some crews are worse than others, but most mm-hmm. crews have a mechanic that is pretty fucked up, right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how bad it is. And I'm just, you know, the Bayou player here. Think about how bad it is the first time that you went against like the Trixie crew and you cheated and then they scampered away and you're just like, oh, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to hit you more. I, mm-hmm. I will just say she is extremely hard to learn if you're trying to jump in and immediately learn everything she can do. Um, yeah, there is a really fun tip I do want to give, which is that really made uh, a difference for me, at least. Um, I know a lot of people when a model gets buried, they put that model back on their cart, the model's card or something. I ended up uh, getting confused about what I had yet to summon, what was dead and what was buried whenever i was like taking models on and off the table and what i ended up doing was uh getting a i don't know if anyone here has played twilight imperium but it's a board game with oh, yeah. space tiles i grabbed a um like a gravity rift or so, so, something oh, that looked, awesome. something that looked like a void uh as nice. an actual physical this piece my that i could pile. sit next to the table and anytime anything got buried i put it in the void mark this little void that's spot, awesome and it could it was a really good visual indicator for me and my opponent on where everything was at and what was going on. Nice. Yeah. So kind of blending into that before we get back to your, uh, your Facebook question. Oh, I only have there. one more if you don't mind. Uh, let me go ahead and get this first just cause it's kind of related because it was asking, uh, Clay asked, uh, how do you deal with her crew in Bayou mm. and low willpower sucks. So probably get wrecked a little bit, but I bring <laughs> zip first. Pers- I get zip personally. Because there's mm-hmm. so much sputtering exhaust that it's less likely to be as problematic with some of the range stuff. But you're just going to be buried. You just got to fight through it. <laughs> it's it's yeah, just I, what it is. Yeah, look. I mean, Kin is always a good choice because you can just burn through the defenses that Obliteration has. Um, oh, I mean, uh, some of those Kin, so no Kin just got shit that. on a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, Ruthless helps a lot against the crew. Um, yes. And... Honestly, we do have an upgrade for that. Concealment is actually problematic because all those stutter time effects are a uh, you know mm-hmm. non melee action that is uh, you don't really ever want to focus to make your bonus action land. Um, yeah, it feels bad. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a uh, that 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 all helps. All right, Dixon, what's the last uh, Facebook question you got there? I got a couple after. So in our episode, we we handled the first part of the question, which was you know how people adapt their lists. But the second question is actually pretty interesting, which is uh, Kevin Smith asked, is the most four-dimensional playstyle crew in the game the most one-dimensional at hiring? Every crew that I see seems to have the exact same models except for one. Um, it's They say, and then either Midnight Stalker, Hodgepodge Emissary, Malifaux Child, and Prospector. It's like... He says it's always going to be Terra, Karina, Talos, nothing be Sionis in 33. Is that is that always going to be the case? I mean, for me, it is. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I I definitely agree. It's a very, first of all, obliteration is a tiny keyword. It is one of the smallest keywords mm-hmm. in the game. So it's not hugely mm-hmm. surprising that you see the same. Very monster. affordable for you uh, tight-fisted people out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what, uh, oh, there's four boxes now that the... Um, mm-hmm. uh, Expand. the servants one came out oh well actually, i cry te- technically the, the t- 33 one isn't out yet but once it's out there'll be yeah. there'll be four boxes um oh. yeah so it doesn't surprise me that so it's, hard <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't surprise me that it's really you see the same crews again and again um particularly because mm-hmm. they're all just uh it's one of the best keywords in the game in terms of just every model is good has a reason to be hired 
um, and they all knit together in these really satisfying ways uh, that we they talked about earlier. Um, it, it definitely makes up on the table for the lack of dimensions it has in the hiring process, but it does. Yeah, um, no, it, I, I would one hundred percent agree. It's a running gag actually in the local meta that you you know what my Tara crew is going to be before the moment I declare Tara, but doesn't make her any less fun. <laughs> Is there anything you're rotating in? I know you said Prospector. Yeah, so I do rotate in HodgePodge, Prospector, or Midnight Stalker on occasion based on what I want to do with the pool. Um, and with Terra 2, I'm looking to experiment more with out-of-keyword options because being able, to burn, being able to burn out with your master on any of the big beaters in Outcasts I think is an opportunity to really explore that Let's just make someone fast game. Like um, like I was mentioning Rusty Alice and how you can interact with 33 and two places at once with pit traps. Well, now you, we can get Rusty Alice fast, gets her up the board quicker, and um, three gunshots of turns now. Now you've got guns that you have to worry about from Terra, which you're not used to expecting guns from Terra. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say there is some flex but her keyword itself is so strong, you wouldn't be shooting yourself in the foot to just play her keyword models. So I, I think the last couple of questions I have are pretty pretty interesting. So the the one is based around 33, which we definitely hit on a little bit, but, and Clay kind of just shotgunned these questions out, but he asked, uh, is the model really that broken or is a weird place just a, a, a whining place? Uh, her uh, hyperbole for whining is what he said. Well, I will answer this delicately and saying, <laughs> ¿Por qué no los dos? Why not both? I think that it absolutely deserves... I think there is room to adjust how it works with Terra too to mitigate the turn one kidnap option because that is a definite feels bad. But I think that all the things that are on the card while they feel powerful, do not feel busted. Well, so if you're pushing Terra two up the board that hard and yeah, she's going to get a model, but then I would try to punish hard Terra two and just try to take her off the board. Yeah. Uh, she has stones and butterfly jump and regen. That's her defensive kit in Terra 2 form. Yeah. So that's okay. It, it definitely leaves her a little more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And like we said, there's the freaking, you can bury her. So it's like, oh, you're going hard on Terra. Cool. Let me activate this model and bury her now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we all know how that goes after this conversation. Um, Liam, you said that it, it feels so bad that you're not even playing it. So I mean, it's got to be bad, right? Look, um, yeah, I I don't think it's broken because as men, as I also said, I still think Tara One is the stronger master in spite of what Tara Two can do. Um, but I don't like it. <laughs> I think that, but uh, <laughs> I I think the fix should be on the Tara two card though, not 33s. Mm -hmm. Uh, 33 does feel extremely good. Like there are tons of good abilities on that card. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure there's anything broken on that card though. Ultimately it's just a very fast death marshal and yeah. she's, I will, I will throw out if you are having a problem with Tara two, 
um the main trick to facing her in my view is to literally just play a really fast moving alpha striking crew and be able to if your problem is that your master's in the opposing deployment zone on turn one, bring a crew that can be in the opponent's in deployment zone turn one and then have a slap <laughs> fight with Tara. Because Tara doesn't go. want to have a slap fight. And no, she that, doesn't. that crew will uh, melt to the likes of like Nakima or anything sort of comparably mm -hmm. able to support whatever got kidnapped. And uh, mm -hmm. the trick to 33 in particular is it's a defense five model whose only defensive rule outside of the weirdness that can happen with Slippery is... Um, uh, incorporeal. If you can do eight damage to a defense five incorporeal model, you've solved your problem. Yeah. yeah, ranged is very strong. Yes. Another cute little trick that I saw when I played Saturday is I was playing against Jedsa, and the lamplighters have an ability that when you end within two of them, I think they hand out distracted. So that was really mm -hmm. cute little tech that I saw there too. That's that's good for blunting a, a, a kidnap strike too. Yep. Um, yeah. Anytime you can make them have to either waste or take extra steps, do extra resources, or just whiff. I mean that that's that's good because then it's like, oh crap, this didn't work, and now I have to go back with nothing. So mm -hmm. definitely options out there. And the last question, and I think this is probably, and if you listen to the last episode where we did a little bitching about not finishing our games and tournaments. This is a good question. <laughs> so any tips for playing Terra fast? So not the fast ability, but mm -hmm. playing the actual crew fast. So just tips that you you all have found. I know uh, Liam already gave us one with that cool little space place to put all our buried stuff. So that was cool. But what other tips do you have for playing the crew pretty fast? One, the one that I already mentioned as well was have a plan for every card in your hand almost as soon as you draw them. Just sort of, you know, you get got to earmark them um once you've done that it's really easy to make decisions on whether or not you're cheating usually if it's an attack you're not cheating and if it is a important tactical action you are um so you can actually burn through um fights really quickly with that as a result yeah that that's um i, I think you can get the crew down to actually playing really quite speedily once you've sort of got that mentality locked in and uh, yeah. mm -hmm. you're just running for points yeah, I would say repetitions. You know, just get more reps in. For me, I spend a lot of time not engaging in opposed duels with my opponent when I play Terra 1. It's almost entirely simple duels or targeting my own models. And those, you can just go quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And I have a lot of things. I, I call them in my head lines of play. They're just things I do regularly. So, like, my line of play with Aeonis is, oh, I will almost always... Charge, slap a buried nothing beast, unbury the nothing beast. And I can do that, you know, in 20 seconds. Yes. Because I just have got that down. Terra, oh, I know her summons. It's 8, 11, 12 of tomes. And I need a 6 to leap. That's the only numbers I care about for her. And, like, once you get to a point where you know the cards you need to accomplish your TNs. And this is for any keyword, not just obliteration. Once you're familiar enough that you don't have to check the card before you do the thing, that's when you can really start playing fast. I was just going to say, Obliterations actually has one advantage on most keywords, I think, which is just uh, the TNs are actually really replicatable. Like, uh, Stutter Time mm -hmm. is almost always needing a 5. Um, that's the case for everything on the Nothing Beast and the, uh, the, the Minions. I think it's mm -hmm. a little bit better on the uh, Henchmen, but the... Uh, mm -hmm. 
that if you're doing most of the time when you're doing a stutter time, you can just know off the top of your head, oh, I'm going to need a five. Um, Iona Centara are the two models that have better stutter times. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the other thing that came up was when we we're talking about Taras, there's so few actions on their card that, again, you just if you know that you need a six to time slip, you now know nearly everything that you need to know when you're doing a tire activation. (laughs) (laughs) So it it, it can actually be a very easy uh, crew to learn from that sort of math perspective. It's kind of funny because like Terra, all I did with Terra one period was time slip and stutter time. That's it. Everything else. I didn't didn't even summon. I just like (laughs) concentrated. Yeah. Cause you get like, you're interacting too. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she got two activations. Sometimes I would gain pass tokens from removing fast from my opponents. Like, it was just like, I'm going to time slip, grab a, an objective, run away. Grab an objective, run away. And it's mm-hmm. really hard to catch up to her. Like, she's so dumb fast. Yeah, and even if you're just using her as like, a, and this is why it's good for a new player, because it's just an easy scheme to score, is just do breakthrough, you know, and you can just like drop a, drop a scheme, time mm-hmm. slip, drop another scheme and set that up so there's so many like easy things and then there's all this you know higher level stuff that we've been talking about in honor of chris who's not here absolutely 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 (laughs) uh last thing before we get into closing this thing out what is terra's crew and obliteration what do they hate seeing what are some good counters that it's like man i i don't like seeing that across the table guild um, Guild Marshall, the in new Lady J. Well, the, the <laughs> jury alone almost renders uh, oh. Tara extremely problematic to play. So even if your opponent hasn't mm-hmm. declared, declared justice, if you've declared Tara into Guild, they're almost suddenly hiring a jury out of keyword because that will just Bull do move three gotten. damage to your summons if they're still buried when she activates. Um, mm. There's which gets through their incorporeal because it's an ability. She also so. has Obey, and Obey is also something Tara doesn't want to see, because a lot of the time with Tara, what what gives her crew staying power is the ability to bury models when they're in trouble. and uh, Because you can take them off the t- t- table and um, heal them up with Karina, take them off somewhere else on the table. Um, that's, that's usually how I go about keeping all these um, models we were talking about, like Tara herself and Ionis, who don't really have much in the way of defensive abilities, but are really critical to the game plan. But if you can obey, all, all of, because all of Tara's models can attack buried models, and an enemy obey master can just make your nothing beast pummel uh, your your own buried stuff if they have to, or Talos, mm-hmm. or whoever. So um, Jury brings an obey as well. So Jury is just really, mm-hmm. really problematic. <laughs> yep. um, and I will almost never bring Tara into guild as a result. I reserve her for everyone else in the game who she's really good at (laughs) yeah i would i would say that and i would also say like you touched on earlier gravity well or other kinds of place effects don't do well kind of effects so gravity well mark barcus's marcus too um are uh things that prevent places or mess with places all of her position and board control is based on placement and if they can stop that, that's a, a huge problem for her. Hmm. Yeah, and I was actually kind of surprised because I know Guild has a lot of answer just to buried stuff in general and, and other things. But uh, when we oh. went to Captain Con, I was actually surprised we didn't see more Guild stuff because with the new titles, I mean, I know Guild has a lot of talk about just being in a pretty good spot. So 
-hmm. I was surprised that I didn't see more of them in a, in a tournament. I don't know if you guys are seeing more guild stuff now, but as a terror player, that might be terrifying. Hey, I actually, I have played her into Marshall. Um, Nathan, who's one of my locals, he is one of the more vocal guild players online. Mm -hmm. Um, he he's did a run with he's been doing a run with each title when we played in his run with lady j i tried Terra, and i tried keeping most of my stuff unburied but i found that just the fact that he could dictate my turn to an extent by just holding jury's activation was really problematic yeah. and i think especially with with lady justice's title and own access to 33 um, that crew has a lot more offensive berry potential than Terra's crew does. Like <laughs> we've gone on and on about 33 kidnapping someone or Talos having reliable berry. Every single model in Mar in a Marshall keyword can be a reliable berry. That is also putting out this big chunk of terrain, which Terra personally doesn't care about. But if you're not taking Terra into guild because Marshall and you bring someone who does care, then it, it really mucks you. Yeah, it's even more. Yeah, and you can even, like, bring Talos or, or Nothing Beast to try to counter Lady J, because Lady J doesn't bury her stuff. She buries your stuff and punishes people who bury their stuff. Mm -hmm. That's all she does. Yeah. I will say that new Lady J um, alternate sculpt that came in that weird box that has, like, the mini sculpture in it as well is pretty cool because she's in there lighting like a head on fire mm -hmm. like just really cool mm. so as we kind of wrap this thing up uh, i appreciate you guys definitely coming on uh before mm -hmm. we kind of uh kick on down the road though i'll, I'll let you guys uh plug some things dixon i already know we're, we know you so jim you got anything you want to plug or you want to share uh before we get out yeah just um we have the Malifaux Vassal World Series March event. Signups are still ongoing. If you want to try Vassal, it's a great opportunity to try. If you don't, don't. <laughs> um, How dare you come on this podcast <laughs> and spread your Vassal nonsense? Uh, just like that. How dare That's you? how I dare. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, if you haven't, please check out The Other Coast. It's a podcast based out of LA, which is my former home. And we talk about all kinds of things and get super salty. It's great. Um, and I am going to toot my own horn. If you want to see YouTube uh, content, I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can search for the Dice Man or ping me on Discord, and I'll send you a link. And you can put on something that is way yeah, too I'll put, long. I'll put the link in the description. I appreciate that. But, yeah, that's that'd be my plugs. Also, donate to uh, Rage Quit Wire's Patreon. They need it. We do. I mean... Clearly, I'm wearing the same Buffalo Bills hoodie I wear like three times a week. <laughs> I live in a third world country, for Christ's sake. Once again, <laughs> Rage Quit Wire is asking you to help Dixon get out of Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, okay. Uh, what about you, Liam? You got anything you want to plug? Um, no, I'm not particularly involved in much. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that covered it. I think what Liam says is he wants as many people to play Malifaux as possible so he can tear their face off. <laughs> That's probably a fast all, way to get fewer people playing Malifaux, but chill. Let's is, do it. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's a great point, though, because 
you look at what you have and sometimes when you're playing a newer player you can be like "Ooh, this is really dirty i got something spicy here yeah. and you got to kind of pump the brakes because you're like i don't want them to like throw their models away there, there is a flip yeah. side to that though which is that tara is very cool and unique um yeah. and sometimes mm -hmm. you do just want to show new players like look at how much amazing stuff this game has like uh, you can play this out of time and space uh crew that feels like they have broken time and space and they're you know they're bound you gotta you gotta know your audience yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah. I, and i wouldn't do tara two kidnaps on them but i would do things <laughs> like you know bury a model uh on one side of the board to unbury it with ionis on the other side of the board and just run it screaming and go like wow that was look how fast that went <laughs> yeah i always laugh because anytime i anytime somebody demos a new game for me so if i'm the player getting the demo i always start the game off with if you don't let me win i'm never playing this game ever again <laughs> Usually it's good to it. establish expectations <laughs> it is it is uh which is funny because i i played guild ball for a while a long long mm -hmm. while and you know i always gave gave new players that first win because if you have if you play guild ball you know that the better player is going to win most of the time so new mm -hmm. players really have to churn through games to get get consistently winning the game it's like mm -hmm. the good old times of war machine Oh, War Machine, that was rough too, Dude, man. There's a there's a few <laughs> games that throughout the history that, that have been rough, but like I don't see the same thing with Malifaux. Mal have... Malifaux is kind of interesting though, yeah. and I will this will be the last thing, but Malifaux is definitely interesting because I do feel like even if you're a newer player, just the fact that I mean draws are a thing and you know, sometimes bad flips happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes new players can keep it close and even squeak out a win against a veteran player just mm -hmm. because I mean, Malifaux is that way, right? Bad things happen all the fucking time. I mean, yeah. veteran players can make the, their games harder by picking schemes that are just, like, really hard to get. And when they do that, the game actually balances itself out. Because, like, if you know yeah. you can win the game easily, it, it's not fun unless you're some kind of psycho and you're like, oh, I just want to crush new players, her, her, her. I'm like, dude, don't. Just make your <laughs> make the game harder for yourself and, and you know, <laughs> got, get that challenge going so it's fun. Mm-hmm. True, true. Well, I, I appreciate everybody coming on. It, it was a great conversation. Uh, I think the, the Malifaux community will like this one. Uh, and I, I love that. And I will say this, um, and Jim can attest to this. Uh, I think if you want to talk about a keyword, just whether you've played it a lot, you really love it, go ahead and reach out to me. You can do that through, I mean, Discord. You can do it through email. Um, just because I like getting different opinions on keywords, obviously, you can't play every keyword in the game and at least know what the hell it does. So it's good to get people <laughs> on like, you know, Jim and Liam too. And even Dixon played a little bit. So we got to give him a little bit there too. But, mm -hmm. you know, so if you're, if you want to share your love for a keyword, I got another one that's kind of in the pipe uh, that I'm recording this weekend for another one that I won't spoil yet, but just hit me up and we can, you, you too can be on the rage quit wire broadcasting to the dozens of listeners. So We'd love to have you on. <laughs> so I think with that said, folks, though, uh, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you all 